This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm glad to return as your host. My name is Rich Woodward and I'm joined by the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Rich. Great to see you. Great to see you. And thanks, everybody, for joining in and listening. Lots of interesting Twitter questions that we're going to pick up on and have a proper look. I was at Derby during the week, and yep. um, I think you watched it on you watched it on the box, Rich. I was and being also, on yeah. And um, and also, we'll have a we'll put the microphone, uh, the magnifying glass, I should say, on Sheffield Wednesday and see what yeah. see what what might come at us on Saturday. Absolutely, yep. yeah, and to rep- yeah, so. I thank you for the kind words last week as well. Um, mm. That means a lot to us, um, and I think we made some really good calls. Like, well, I, I say we. I mean, ninety nine percent you, Harry. I think I got a good call about Aiden playing left wing. So I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that. No, no, that was um, that was you. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. yeah, some nice words. Um, I'm trying to find some on Twitter. Yeah, Harry. Here's, here's a tip. If you want to be mentioned on the podcast, give Harry or I a compliment and I will read it out. So Harry Butcher. Um, Harry, can you answer this question? Why are you so good at picking the bones out so carefully of other teams? Um, I think you are amazing and fascinating to listen to. Well, there you go. Oh, That's blushing. a compliment. It's blushing. the Harry's very team Harry. Come on. <laughs> Solidarity. Uh, and, um, yeah, and I and, uh, thank you for the uh, the kind mentions of my sound alikes. Um, Barney Rone, a journalist, and Boy George was a, a bit of a bolt from the blue there. Um, I don't know how to process that, but I, I think it's a compliment, so I take that. Um, let's keeping in the Boy George spirit. Let's talk about the culture club that is Frank Lampard's derby. Cha-ching, that's one of my culture club references. And let's go to uh, Frank Lampard's derby, Harry. You made the trip up. Uh, what are your thoughts? It was interesting. Uh, it, I think there's a consensus. I think we all the, 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 there are common themes that I think everybody's picked up on. Um, the game itself was it was very disjointed um, from two teams who are both trying to play passing football, and both of whom are really struggling to score because they actually couldn't put any moves together. Lots of misread runs, inaccurate passes. 
opponents get interrupting you know you'd have a three or four move pass and then somebody would get a foot in to break up the pass there was no rhythm because there wasn't enough tempo there's still two teams really still finding their feet yes. both broad, broadly playing a similar type of football that that was what i picked up on yeah i um, think they probably had the better wide players so lawrence obviously yeah. was one we know quite well um though mm-hmm. Danassian did quite a good job on him he, uh, he, he was, yeah totally and i think your your point about um the game kind of being punctuated by kind of stoppages was also important keo and forsyth got yeah. yellow cards for possible breakaways there which didn't help but i i thought both yeah. teams cancelled each other out i thought derby had quite a lot of possession but unnecessary possession or yeah. um fairly um well, unexciting possession that was in their own half. And I thought we cancelled them out and actually grew into the first half and ended it probably the better team. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was um, they were very streetwise. Um, the two fouls, I think it was Kyo and Bryson, both took Ward out. Yeah. Kind of, it was a little lesson to our lads. You know, it's a streetwise league, and when you do get something promising, teams will happily do that. Derby weren't dirty in any way at all. They weren't. They weren't. You know, we've 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 seen. To, you know, there are other teams who will have worse disciplinary records, but um, they. That said, they weren't afraid when the you know the taking yellow cards for the team was very much part of it. I wondered whether we could have targeted Kyo a little bit more. Somebody, yeah. I think Steve Steve said that on TWTD, um, and I wonder whether we could have whether that was us being a little bit naive. Um, He's certainly not a ball playing centre back, is he? Um, no, he's not. And particular after that foul, particularly, just you know, maybe maybe if we could have got Jackson on him. But um, yeah, a couple of things. The themes that I think we all know this anyway: getting the team ten yards further up the pitch, getting them closer to the striker. Because when you had Jackson or Harrison, the two different types—one a good header with the ball, one with pace—they weren't. They were. It was all just a little bit disjointed in that sense. Um, I think it was an interesting lesson for Edwards up against Forsyth. Or Forsyth has been he's been a fullback for Derby since 2013. I think he's a streetwise championship operator, and mm. it was quite a good lesson. In some ways, Donassian was brilliant defensively shutting Lawrence down, but I did wonder he wasn't able to get up the way he was against Exeter to give. He wasn't quite the foil he was at Exeter. Um, for Edwards, but it was it was a good lesson for Edwards, I think. And he, he got yeah. him, he did him a couple, he did him a couple of times. He got past him, but um, but that's you know he'll go away and study that video. These little victories we were talking about a few weeks back, you know, these yeah. this is the kind of stuff which we will learn from as the as as the, each game goes by. I mean, Edwards um, had a really great game against Villa, so he's not going to. And I think Ben's kind of already kind of reconciled the thought that. Uh, Edwards is going to have good games and bad games and yeah. might kind of flatter to deceive a few times. But Villery yeah. was great. You know, mm. that kind of a performance like that and the possible mm. great goal that he could have scored against Villa. Those are videos that Derby will have seen, won't they? And they'll know exactly yeah. what to expect. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He and Nolan were targeted, no question. On the, yeah. You could see that, yeah. And what I saw, sort of nothing, not, again, not malicious, but just clever fouls and safe areas. Yeah. There were a few, there were a few of those, definitely. Yeah. Um, one small point I'd make it was, and Paul Horst picked up on this that we were getting more attempts than our opponents. Yeah, it's I've a heard it's that a, it's a basic and obvious corollary to that. Our finishing, Derby scored two goals because they got two shots broadly on target, and if there's a way, there is that argument that even if you get the flakiest thing on the at the goal. It does improve. It, it helps, yeah. and it's that where there, the couple of times we were getting some shots in, but they were from safe areas when we really threatened. But then you know that's, that's it's simple and obvious and easy to say. But I you know that I, my sense is Hurst has picked up on that. It's just get you know because the finished the finishing is now at a higher level. But um, but that that as I say as 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 
as we get as the games go by as the pattern evolves and hopefully as we get on the front foot more and as i say get that bit closer to the strikers more chances will come and the finish they'll get more chance to practice that yeah um, i picked up on the same thing about what Hurst said today in his press conference um yeah about about the more efforts in the opposition um but yeah. shots on target i think all i can remember are kind of low shots the one yeah. wide of the goal and, and as you yeah. say you know if, if the keeper's not having to do any work then that's not a great sign is it so yeah volume is there quality just needs to improve doesn't it I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's it yeah I think it's a question of time it's a question of time as, the, as it all as, as it all comes together um, yeah um, what else mental as well as physical tiredness we don't have a big squad and this was the fourth game in 11 days and I, if, I, if, my, if I've done my maths right and I wondered whether part of the reason we didn't put on the high press that Millwall and others had to Derby and Leeds did was maybe there was a I wouldn't say it's not a criticism, but I just wonder whether we were sort of playing the percentages a little bit with a small squad and also with them all going through this massive learning curve. Yeah. Um, five games, you know, it'll literally be, you know, it'll be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. That's a lot to take on board. You know, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of a stretch for this new squad that we've put together, but that, that's not making excuses. But um, I did want, it was just something I kind of opened a little bank account on with so many games coming on top of each other. Cause yeah. we didn't, we did, we didn't squeeze them as much, but anyway, well, we, yeah. and we did, to be fair, we talked about Villa in the same, in the same way against, yeah. um, against us last week. We kind yeah. of had a view that Brentford might have half an eye. Sorry, Villa would have half an eye in Brentford. And yeah. I don't know if you saw the Villa game last night. It was it was really good actually, and Villa actually were much better than I thought they were on Saturday. So maybe yeah. there was some truth in that. And I think you're probably right. You know, um, is Derby or Sheffield Wednesday the more winnable game? Uh, debatable. But you know, if you're maybe a goal down or two goals down, are you going to keep pressing? Are you going to keep running around the pitch? Yeah, probably not. Are you going to keep yeah. stuff in the bank for for Saturday? I would guess yeah. so. So I think you probably got some yes a fair thought there um yeah it's a thought it's been interesting to hear what people have to say about it definitely yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean i guess uh, I, i've talked about this before on on the flagship show and we've we've had a question about it so i'll put it to you um and maybe word it in slightly a uh, slightly polite way if that's right lee um uh, at ginger eagle 73 um about the reaction to the game more than anything else um kind of the expectations that success needs to be instantaneous um, and we're good one week and not so good the next. Um, yeah. I guess the message, certainly my viewpoint is, if you buy into the into the Hurst philosophy and the way of going about things and you accept that there's such been such a turnaround in players, it's we're going to need time, aren't we? You know, yeah. and, and I guess getting excited about the league table in August is probably not healthy for anyone. Have you got any, any thoughts on that one, Harry? Well, I don't know. In February, sometimes you'll go on, I mean, on the TWTD site, there's a great form table when you go and look at the fixtures and you can cut it in any way at all, your last six home games, your last six away games, whatever. And you look at it in February and you look at the form table where there are six games listed. And what relation is that, does that bear to the overall season? It's got some influence, but it's not. It's a small it's small in the scheme of things, as is this. Somebody put up a brilliant tweet I saw listing the league table at the end of August last year, and I think Fulham and Brentford were right down at the bottom. Remember, and yeah. uh, and look where they ended up. Um, I think the first win is a psychological moment, though. I do think it is, because that three points at this time of the year gr- is grossly disproportionate, and it can literally 
I mean, we had it last year when we had that brilliant start under Mick. We suddenly were, you know, you're looking, you're thinking, my God, we're seven points clear of, you know, of, of sixth place kind of thing, yeah. you know, because there's been so few games played. No perspective is needed, I think. And um, as I say, mid-October, that's when we'll have a proper idea. I think so too. I, 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 and I'm pretty yeah, certain that yeah. after the first five games of last season, no one expected us to win the title, did they? So I think managing expectations and a bit of self-regulation. I mean, yeah. social media is yeah. great for this, isn't it? It's all about yeah. now, now, now. And um, mm. I think everyone just needs to, I think I said, be nice to each other. I think just be yeah. respect of opinions, but also kind of, Give a bit yeah. of patience and time, and and let's see where we are. As you say, make October. Yeah. That was um, good question, Frank yeah. Lampard. Yeah, it's mm. a good thought, and mm. it certainly there was mm. a brouhaha kind of after Exeter and a, a bit of a brouhaha after Derby. Um, yeah. Certainly, I don't think as maybe as extreme as perhaps um, maybe it's been made out to be. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's move on to hopefully more positive things, um, and going slightly further up the road, the motorway to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yeah. A team in a really strange situation, a team with a transfer embargo during the summer um, that was lifted, I think, last week. Yeah. Um, so couldn't do a huge amount of business um, yeah. and had a, maybe a bit of a tricky start. Um, and and then suddenly it may have things might have clicked last night against Millwall. Can you bring us kind of up to speed on, on Sheffield Wednesday in, in respect of maybe players who've gone out and how the system's kind of evolved and, and things that have been tried out in the last few weeks? Mm. Well, in terms of players, no, 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 nobody has come in. A couple of contract extensions for Nuhiu Pudel. Lucas Joao signed a contract extension this week as well, the, okay. the winger they've got, or winger come striker. Um, the main departures were Glenn Leuven's. A lot of these were sort of veterans, really. Leuven's, Ross Wallace... Um, uh, Jack Hunt went to Bristol City, right the right back, Jordan and Jordan Rhodes um on season long loan to Norwich. Oh, yes. Um so they were they were the main it was kind of more a, a, a thinning out of what was a, a somewhat inflated squad, I think, more than anything yeah. else. But but just as equally what they have done is they've if I can call use the verb signed in a slightly odd way, they've signed a lot of their youth products. They've right. brought a lot of young players come through, which yes, is which was that's, important that's, Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't oh, Wednesday. Right? It's yeah, Wednesday against against Millwall, and um, Ben will have picked up on this as well. He'd have seen a little bit of a Brentford last week. This is this is they've decided to evolve that way rather than rather than just relying on the old guard. And in some ways, the fans are saying that the newer players who are coming through seem to be fitting in with the team model a lot more fluently than a lot of the players who were kind of stuck halfway up the tubes. Somebody made an interesting comment about the, when you looked at what was on Sheffield Wednesday's bench against Millwall against what was on the field, yeah. they had a, you know, it was, you know, it was quite stellar. I but, read the uh, same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Just quick pausing, if we can, on the, on the exits and, and um, a favourite topic of everyone um, on the Ipswich Town Twitter, Jordan Rhodes. Um, Joshua yep. has asked us whether there's any kind of opinions on that departure. Um, yep. Is he missed? I think obviously he he's got some playoff baggage there. I think I've talked about that before. Penalty misses in playoffs and such. Um, yeah. Is there any sadness with Rhodes being out of the building, or is it as you say, kind of thinning down, thinning, thinning down the squad, and and maybe he's been surplus to requirements? Yeah, he's he's not missed. They've we have much better attacking players than Rhodes. The, it's the old Jordan Rhodes debate, and the first time I came across it was when we played Blackburn. Um, and it's the old, apart from the 30 goals a season, what else did he bring to the team kind of <laughs> narrative. Um, he, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he did score against the Blades 
um, which 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 was brownie points. That went that was that was well appreciated. Yes, but I've celebrated it, as well. Yes, it, it did actually. That's right. They said a poacher who needs an attacking flair, pace and delivery into goal-scoring areas. He needs an able midfield behind him who can create. It was This is all stuff that Blackburn was saying years ago, that he's, you know, if you put it on a plate for him, he will finish. Yep. He's brilliant at finishing, but the, you, you have to really set the whole thing up around him. And I think particularly, given their early travails where the midfield was failing to click, um, he would have been, you know, he would have been absolutely useless in that sense. You need to, you need to set the whole thing up for him. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it. This came up. I remember when we when we played Blackburn a few years ago because I was intrigued to say, well, what are they going to say about him? Because it was it was still the emotions were still high after his departure. Still, pe- people felt I was I was. I'll never forget the day he left. I couldn't believe it when yes. Keane let him go. Absolutely floored me that did. But um, but that's what they say. He's a great poacher, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so, yeah. and given who else they have in their squad, I mean, you know, they've got players like Hooper. I know he's not there in, in at the moment. Um, Fletcher, Fletcher, you know, yeah. they've, you know they've, they have, they have, you know, Matthias can switch in, Joao can switch oh, in. Yeah. No, he used a good, a good bench option as well. So, you know, what does he do? Yeah, it would be the question. Yeah, big wages too, presumably. Yeah. I mean, we will. I, I suspect we will that come back me, to Jordan Rhodes uh, yeah. next weekend as well. Perhaps. I'm, I, I, is there a game next week? I, don't, I can't remember. There might be some big fixture next week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, back to what, what we were saying about um, systems and players. Um, yeah. Quite um, quite a big shift in selection and system. You think between Sunday and the Brentford defeat and. Um, what I thought was quite a surprise and probably quite a, a decent victory against Mill last night uh, yeah. on Wednesday night. Um, yeah, what was what's changed? The Millwall win was merited. They, they it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a lucky win. They controlled the shape disposition of the game and only let Millwall into it near the end. It was but it was the last twenty minutes when Millwall came back at them. Before Millwall, um, and one uh, one. Owl after the Brentford defeat compared them to a poor man's Japstam's Reading that's how he described it badly played Dutch football with loads of possession but lacking any tempo or purpose um, so some bright moments but ultimately ultimately insignificant he was playing Luhukai was playing um, the manager uh, was playing a 3-5-2 system and it 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 was it was misfiring it worked against Sunderland in the League Cup but it, it didn't really gel they don't actually have a proper left wing back was a big discussion they were having as well they actually don't have the players to play the system and it was leaving the it was leaving the back three vulnerable so he switched at Brentford to a four at the back and three in midfield 4-2-3-1 against Millwall he went with a 4-3-3 he had two out and out wingers and sometimes the manager will hit on a formula that clicks and it'll catch opponents out and this is this is what happened on Wednesday whether it'll they're going to go on a kamikaze run up the league and you know in the playoffs i'm not so sure but you often see teams having a good run of six to eight games until opponents actually work out how to how to knock this on the head mm. um norwich did that to us last year remember they got belted by millwall and then they kind of reconfigured things and then they played came to portland road um, yeah. another story oh, we're, we're um, generally courteous when teams are on a bad one aren't we we usually yeah, help them yeah. out <laughs> Bristol City. Hang on, <laughs> hold my beer. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what did they do? The, the, the changes. Well, the big thing was they were more direct. And um, one of them said it took six passes to put pressure on Millwall as opposed to twelve at Brentford. They stopped trying to pass out from the back because, apart from Daniel Pudel, who didn't play against Millwall, they don't really have any footballing defenders who can actually 
who can actually do that. So they decided to be a little bit more direct, a little bit more sort of in, in Millwall's face. And that actually, it gave them a proper foothold in the game and Millwall didn't see it coming. Um, they, and it also then beat the high press because Millwall the previous week had played, and last week when I mean, they played Derby, they stifled Derby it in the own. It worked, didn't it? Yeah. It, it did work. It properly did. Yeah. And um, so that was the first thing. There was an injection of urgency and tempo as well with the players, that the, with the switch arounds that they did. Um, they took out um, Hutchinson, Sam Hutchinson from the, the midfield, and they brought in Adam Reach. And you had Pelu Pessi who was sitting, and then Reach and Bannon who were, I think Reach was more of a sitter. He's kind of more left sided, but he was, he would have been, he was, whether he was box to box or sitting is it's a good point. Point was, him and Bannon were getting forward. They were, and, and Reach is a good foil for Bannon in midfield. Barry Bannon is, has been the dynamo, but he's needed other people to work with him. And it seems that they found a way of doing this. So they were taking the game to Millwall, they were bombing forward, they were making clever runs, and they were also therefore getting close to Stephen Fletcher. Now the way they sum up Stephen Fletcher, is he's, a, he's an old school number nine, he doesn't have much pace, he can he can hold the ball up though, and he can bring other players into play, he's an experienced experienced striker. Suddenly you had these two midfielders who were able to connect with him, and he also played two good wingers, he had Marco Matthias on the left and uh, instead he played on the right against Brentford, he, sw- he swapped him over, he dropped Forrest Thierry and he brought in one of two rookies, Fraser Preston, a 19-year-old, who had come on against Brentford. They played in a more of an attacking midfield role. He switched him to the right wing. And he was. these guys were offering directness. They were offering pace. They were stretching the Millwall defence. And suddenly, the party was happening at that end of the pitch rather than what they'd had at Brentford where they were having to you know, they were sort of firefighting for most of the game. Mm. So the, it was these these shifts in dynamic made a huge difference. Matthias also, they brought in, they've got this guy, a new left back, Matt Penny. These are the young kids I was talking about. They're, they're kind of the new signings. Left back, he came on as a substitute um, against Brentford. Um, and he... One of the what was the phrase they used? He said he he steamed into some of Millwall's forwards like a freight train, <laughs> which was this a made an early impression. Image. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, you bet he did. So you know, he's, you know, obviously these are you know rookie players, but they're coming in. They know no fear and they're just playing brilliantly. Matthias though was very good as a left winger because he was actually coming back to cover. They said he was fantastic all evening. He didn't leave. He didn't leave his rookie left back on his own, so he was giving him proper support. So you had this balance then, as I say. You had um, Liam Palmer as well, who was enervated by on the on, at right back by having a, a bit with Preston suddenly really pushing forward at the other end as well. So mm-hmm. they, it gave them some good wide balance, as well as the two midfielders coming up. So it's it all suddenly. It just clicked. Everything just clicked into place. And um, as I say, the action was at Millwall's, at Millwall's end of the field. Yeah, so the strange, small, sorry, just no. quickly on on, go, go for it. on the yeah. kind of midfield pair, uh, you said it was ba- Bannon and, uh, and Reach. Reach is a, yeah. a strange one because I, I know of Reach as a left winger, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. and I guess the thought, and I don't know whether this came out in any of the feedback on the, on the forums, is whether that was kind of stumbled across or was a necessity. Um, or whether it was a piece of managerial genius, which it might have been. I just, yeah. He's evolved, into, he's evolved into the role. When he was at Borough, if, I'm not, if memory serves me right, shoot me down if I'm wrong, but I think I've got this right. He was originally a sort of left back come left midfielder. Yeah. And then he moved forward into left midfield. And then when they started playing in a three, maybe it's because, how, how old is Reach now? Just check his he's date. Getting close he's getting close to he's, 30, he's, he's, No, he's not. He's only 25. He's oh, not, he that, not? Okay. not that old. But, but he's, kind of, he's kind of players... You know, players evolve it's um, mm. into positions. But he's ended up, certainly last year, he was playing as a left-sided central midfielder. 
Um, Carvajal did play mostly four four two, and I know in that he was certainly playing as a left midfielder. Yeah. I remember that definitely. But he's kind of as time has gone on. I think it was Luhukai moved him in to a, into, into the left of a midfield three, as it were. But it means that he's now got proximity to Bannon, and it also means that he can. He, under, he has that within him, so if he does need to move out, he can do. So it just gives them a bit more geometry, I think. From, yeah, well, we'll come back saying. to, to yeah. Luhukai. He's a bit of a... Um a yeah. bit of an unknown quantity and, and the opinion of, thing of, of him has kind of moved around a bit. Um, but I wanted yeah. to kind of dwell a little bit on, on Barry Bannon, who, um, yeah. I, I think you said, uh, needed the fall in reach. Um, and that's yeah. really helped him to kind of be able to um, express himself further up the pitch. Great player, yeah. Bannon. Um, had a really great game at Portman Road last season, if I re- remember rightly. Yes. Um, yeah. And scored an absolute belter last night as well. A great goal yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, what's the thoughts on Barry Bannon? I guess he's the critical yeah. player and... An injury to him might be pretty significant, I guess. Yeah, he's he's the one you have to shut down. He's not a prolific goal scorer. I think that goal he scored last night was his first one in I think it was it was several years. He's not wow, he's okay. not a he's not a finisher, but what right. he does do is the word's dynamism, basically. He takes control, he beats men, he puts through balls through. The other thing they were saying was that as time has gone on, he's developed a very good understanding with Stephen Fletcher. And that is actually more dangerous in a way than his understanding with Reach. Yep. If him and Re- if him and Fletcher are starting to read each other, then that that's that's a covalent bond that needs we need to break it basically yep. to, and do everything we can to stop to stop because he could be a really good supply line. Even if Fletcher isn't scoring into Fletcher and then and then well, Fletcher and then trouble recycles, yeah. doesn't he, and sends it he out does. wide? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So that's a danger. He takes control. The, the Duracell reference was made. Our one-man midfielder, he's everywhere, is what they say. W- there is one thing to mention, though. If they're struggling, and this came up in some of their earlier match day threads when teams were sort of really, you know, when, when, they were, when they just were misfiring, he was getting very frustrated with the bench, holding his arms out, just saying, you know, why? what's the plan here? Help me. But also, he ended up with this motif of playing, they called it 50-meter Hollywood balls, because he was trying to, obviously trying to get something going. He was trying to kickstart the motor, and it just simply wasn't happening. So, if they are really struggling and you see him playing these Hollywood passes to nowhere, you kind of, it's a, it's a small thing to think, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we've actually you know, we're, we've got a foothold in this game. And that, that's often, it was something that came up regularly. But basically, he runs the show for them. It's energy mid, it's, he's got, he's an incisive passer. He can beat men. And, um, he, yeah, he, had, I mean, Ben even said it last week in the Brentford game. He was, um, he he was the the single standout player in many certainly the standout outfield player that they had. Yeah, it feels like he fits the kind of diminutive midfielder role that Ryan, Ryan yeah. Woods or even maybe a, a yeah. John Nolan fits. Um, I, yeah. wonder, I wonder. We talked about Grealish being the kind of the the pivot for Villa last week, and he certainly was involved in a lot last Saturday. Um, good yeah. and bad. Your advice to Hurst, if you were to give it on Bannon, presumably would be to try and. Mark him out of the game or close him yeah. down, presumably. Put, put, yeah, put, 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 uh, you would. He he would be the one person to, to, to. But he, yeah, unquestionably, he's, he 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 is their 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 principal danger man. I think. Um, though, I'm intrigued to see who he plays out wide. I am. Um, he will certainly. I'd be stunned. When you've had such a good performance, the temptation is to go with the same team. The problem, as I say, with Forestieri is, is he, is he enough of a team player? Um, Lucas Rao has got pace and power. If he's fit, he could come in and he could also act, give, a, give a wide a wide threat. And, um, he scored and, against us last season, didn't he, I think? He did, well. he did, yeah. he did as well. And obviously they've got Fraser Preston as well, who's outside. So Whereas with Villa, we knew that their wide threats were 
somewhat blunted in a way. Adoma wasn't, um, you know, he's he's still he's still trying to find his form. Didn't have a good um, game, by the way, and, and a great yeah. call by the way, whilst we are at it on McGinn. McGinn was great for them, obviously, yeah. got an assist yeah. as well. So yeah. I, I, it was a good spot. Those the two of those yeah. in Villa. Yeah, you could argue that Reach is to Bannon as McGinn is to Grealish, and mm. that you know it's with midfields. It's always a question of balance. It's a question of combining the three. And the third person in the in the midfield is Joey Pelopesi, who has really struggled. He's they say he's he's a terrible footballing. He's primarily a holding midfielder. But what they did say he does do is he's got very good positional awareness. He's got good energy and a good awareness of where to be. So even though he can't do much with the ball, he will be he will be he will be in the right place yeah. to get the ball. And they say just get the ball and just give it to Bannon and just that's that's your job basically. He'll be the one making yeah. those tactical fouls that we were talking yeah. about for Derby possibly. Ex- exactly that. You know, you know, he he would be the one you would have thought. I can't see Hutchinson playing. I don't know. He had a poor game against um Brentford and Ben picked up on it. He, he made he, it was a careless foul to give ben, Brentford their opening goal, the penalty. And Brentford don't need any favours, as we know. <laughs> um, the theme with Hutchinson, and this goes back over the years as well. I remember when he sort of first came to them from Chelsea. It's a lack of discipline, and I mean the penalty is one example, but also he's had a history. When you go on the on a, a, a an Owls forum, you know it's coming before you've read it. Yellow and red cards and injuries. He's, there's no kind of restraint. And the other, several of them said this against Brentford, that he was dropping into the back line as a, instead of being a holding midfielder. He was actually, Brentford were putting them under such pressure that he was actually dropping in almost as, a, as a, an extra defender. It'd be interesting to see if Ben would agree, but that's, that was a consensus that came across. Okay. But um, yeah, interesting midfield. But I'd say whatever about the wingers, I think that, that Palupesi, Reach and Bannon will start against us. I have no question about, no doubt about that. Yeah. Do you think these these rookie players will all start, or do you think going back to the kind of four games in two weeks, is, do you think that's too much for them? Do you think more experienced heads, the the more experienced bench, will make their way onto the pitch to start on Saturday? I'd be intrigued to see. I'd I've, I'd be if I was him, I'd leave them on. I mean, you've got Pudel isn't a left back though. That's the problem. They um, so you you wouldn't be really able to switch him in for Penny because he's he's a good left sided central defender or in the back three but he doesn't have the legs anymore to to get up and down and he can he really can, you know edwards a one-on-one against pudel we would be very happy with i can tell you that yeah. that would be that would be a danger so whether he'd it'll be interesting to see how he how he does do it he could rejig the defense put pudel in as a left center back and bring move thornley out jordan thornley we haven't talked about their center defense yet um, and Jordan Thornley is another player. Now, how old is he? He is 21. He's another. He was an Everton youth product who they who they brought in in 2016. So effectively, he's come up again through the the last two years. He's come up through Wednesday system and another young discovery, if I can describe him like that. Um, and they see him as a future captain. Wow. Um, he's um, he's a more solid partner for Lees. Gets stuck in, and Millwall targeted him. They they use the word bombardment, which comes up regularly with Millwall. Yeah. Actually, Bomber Harris and all that. They love uh, it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, but he's he's not a ball player. Not, not nor is Lees. But the problem with Lees, I remember Lees. Lees, I should say, got he got red carded against us for a reckless foul when he was with Warnock's Leeds, if I'm not mistaken, a few years back at right. Portman Road. Wow, it that's was a shout. Left that's a, it was back in. Mixed first season, I think. I remember we, we won the game and then we found everybody else had won their games. It was when, we, when the whole bottom of the table went on a mad dash-up. It was a mad season, that. Um, but um, he does miss Glenn Leuven's, Tom Lee's. Leuven's 
Um, we remember the foul he did on yeah. on Rebozik last year, and he really had lost his pace. Um, he's as you say, he's up in Scotland now. But they said that he really leads. He's not a captain. He's not an organizer at the back line. Um, and uh, shaky on the ball as well. But if he has a good partner with him, you'll get. You know, he will. He will be a lot better. And they think that Lee's and Thornley between them are a. Um, you know, th- th- that could be the long term combination. But as I say, it'll have to be tested. But, just, uh, but Thornley could switch sorry. out. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Just behind those two. Um, yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Keeper situation. Is there another rookie in goal? Am I yes. making Cameron, things up there? Cameron Dawson, 23, yeah. 23 years old. And Ben was actually full of praise for him, as as were the Owls um, uh, Wednesday fans at Brentford. Safe pair of hands, good on one-on-ones, um, there's a big conspiracy theory as to why Kieran Westwood is now currently third choice because I think Joe Wildsmith came in for the um, for the Sunderland Carabao Cup match and there's a whole you know what, what Kieran Westwood Republic of Ireland international great provenance etc. What's he? Why is he the third choice keeper? It's is a big call. We'll come on to Luhukai in a second. It's a big call Luhukai has made. He's decided Cameron Dawson is his number one. I would suggest um, that I, I, maybe off camera you didn't see me kind of do the uh, that symbol. Harry, I think money is usually a factor when when decisions like yeah. that. You know, if he's if he's due a another contract or if he's uh, if there's That's money due, or so, I think he was a free from something I can't remember. Um, yeah. But I was rated him. I, I there was a point where we were linked with him. I think under Jewel um, in the summer, and he was yeah. at Coventry at the time. And having yes. living up there, they were yeah. they were raving about it. And I had a few people kind of warning me that I was in danger of harm if we signed Kieran Westwood and then he went off somewhere else. But I, I really yeah. like him. So, yeah. but clearly, uh, Luke, Luke has found uh, another option there that's working for yeah. him. So. Yeah. Now, it, well, it's not on the level of Nyland <clears throat> for Villa, but the word, there was a phrase, the odd spill. But <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's what we saw last week with Villa. But I think there's the odd Rick, but as I say, Brentford threw the kitchen sink at him and th- there was, the wide consensus was he wasn't, responsible for the goals that were conceded he's he seems to have grown into the role and if mm. they're all the pumping balls as they would to Morrison then yeah yeah. That's, um, he, yeah he he commands his box that was another thing that kept kept coming up regularly yeah 
let's shift to the other end of the pitch if we could. I just want to talk about the strikers, and I've got the um, their squad up here. Um, yeah. And you've mentioned Fletcher. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned uh, Newhue as well. Jow. Yeah. Forestieri yeah. briefly. Um, Matthias yeah. as well. You've got Sam Winnell in there. Gary Hooper in there. I mean, and Rhodes out on loan. Um, mm. I mean, that's 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 some options there, isn't it, for Sheffield Wednesday? That is yeah. pretty impressive. Um, we think. Fletcher's likely to keep his place Fletcher, in the team. Fletcher, Fletcher will start, no question. Yeah, absolutely. As I said before, not a great finisher, but he works his heart out. He really does. Say, and he's knowledge and experience, and he will. He, he's a good foil for literally everybody. Everybody working around him, if they can make, if they can replicate Wednesday. Because um, knew who would start the season, didn't he? And and he did. I think when he um, when they played us last season and he scored that last minute equaliser I think he was on the scrap heap from what I can Pretty much. I gather and yeah. that kind of won him back into favour and then I think he had a few mo- a few more goal scoring moments and then yeah. I think yeah I think the mood on him changed didn't it it did he, he became he certainly he was he was elevated in status let us politely call it that um, that status may have descended somewhat though phrases like can't get any slower having having a shocker um, blundering around like an idiot <laughs> that's, uh, that's well I much. hope he starts Frank. well no maybe I don't maybe he just saves his goals for us perhaps uh, no I mean yeah. I've written down three words here pace ball control and new contract and there was a the suspicion the cynical owls are saying he got a new contract and maybe that might have um he may not be quite as motivated as he was but that's being very cynical let's lifted see. his that's, game indeed yeah he lifted his game for a bit so forest the area then um feels to me a kind of a marquee player similar to bannon um mm. so what what's the i presume I, I guess he he will start saturday um, but what's the chat on Forestieri and his role in the team? It'll be fascinating to see because he uh, there was him and Matthias, him on the left. He's he's broadly left-sided, and if you're playing with three, if you're playing a four-three-three or however you configure it with two with with one one striker, that's his best position. They say he's absolutely at his best in a three. Playing him centrally with his back to goal is no use. He needs a little bit of space on the left, which he can pick up and he can either run at players, he can play one twos, or he can thread killer passes through, or he can finish. That's he needs a little bit of space in which to operate. Um, but do you play him in front of a rookie left back? It seemed that. The, for the balance of the team and this is where Luhukai again a bit like with the keeper putting in Dawson suddenly the fans are going hang on he's made a few very bold calls here one of them was not playing Forestieri against Millwall because the team they were fans were really worried when they saw that lineup on Wednesday they thought bloody hell what's going on here this could go badly wrong but for Fessy was on the bench he came on as a substitute but they, he switched across Matthias to the left to protect his defender and then he had a rookie right winger and as I say it was it's how much of a team player is he? Would be the would be the would be the issue. So it's a selection for the betterment of the team rather than yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a big call yeah. then, and I, you know you've got the win to justify the decision. I guess if you go, yeah. you don't want to break up a, a winning team, yeah. but quite a big player to have sat on the bench, and presumably the... quite a difficult character to manage as well. Yeah. Was it was it the Norwich game where he didn't get on the bus a few years ago? There was a transfer he was, request. He was, situation, it was a transfer yeah. request. It was yeah. He was agitating. I think if, if memory serves oh. me right. Yeah. Um, who else is there? I mean, the other players who they've talked about. Um, Joao, as I said, the word pace and power are the two words they use for him. That um, he is. Um, it's it's just doing it on a. Can he do it more regularly? And can he incorporate a goal threat into his game? I haven't double checked the statistics, but they were saying something like. Um, 
20 goals in something like three years they feel that he's not you know it, it, there hasn't been enough of he, he hasn't been a strong enough finisher it, so he'll get you off your seat but it may not necessarily follow through with, 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 with you know with an end product as it were um the other player who has been used as a bench option is poor George George Boyd. I was going to mention him, yeah. He, yeah. I didn't know, he. Was, I completely missed that he was at Sheffield Wednesday. And, yeah. and he did. It was a great signing for, for Burnley and was an, almost a signing at the same time when we got Taylor. Um, yeah. How is, how is he being used by Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday? Not, not great. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> lacking, lacking pace. He started... Um, the, he started in the game against just to double check. Yeah, he started. The, he did start the. I thought he did against Sunderland in their Carabao Cup match, um, and then he came off the bench to the astonishment of a lot of a lot of owls against Millwall. Um, uh, lack of pace. Um, the, the, the cruelest comment I found was that uh, he looks like he's tethered by a last by a large elastic band. Oh, you wow. can see his legs. Go, you can see his legs going, um, but he gets nowhere and then falls over. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rather sort of graphic and brutal image. Yes. But uh, he's. Um, but he could be. It's a bit. You know. It. It. But within the team, you don't necessarily have to be a good player because I mean he brought on. Boyd, Nuhiu and Forestieri against Millwall, a game which they won, and yet they were all decent bench options in the end. I know Millwall came at them, but you know maybe they could be useful to help. You know they could have a role in ensuring in, in in sort of short save, keeping you know winning them a point or winning them three points at the end. So you know they they they, they may have a role. They're the they're the, the other two players to say you mentioned uh, Hooper hasn't featured, Winnell hasn't featured either. Right. Um, so they they haven't featured. Abdi I know was injured. He's been he's been out for that reason. Um, so as I say, the, you look at some of the other players. David Jones. Um, who else is is there? Is, is this a, uh, no? Jack Lee's a youth product, but they have got a lot of the players that came in in that splurge that they did a few years ago. It's almost like buying a load of really fresh fruit and vegetables, and they have shelf lives, and a lot of them are starting to. You know, you know, if you can't, you can't, if you can't put them in a casserole. Well, you might as well get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Actually, bizarre image. <laughs> no, well, I, I, no, I was going to say. I mean, we, so we talked about personnel and systems. I, I think yeah. we'll have a we'll have a minute on Luhukai as well, just just yeah. to kind of sum it up there. Sheffield Wednesday as a club at the moment are in. Uh, I, I don't know whether we've touched on this already, but in such a weird situation because you know you rewind the season. Um, and that was a team expected to do things under Carvajal, um, yeah. And it and it didn't happen, and and destined for playoffs, and it didn't really happen. Um, and the transfer embargo and the general integration of more youth players into the squad, clearly the enforced ability, inability to sign players as well. But it does feel like a team that's kind of cutting its cloth accordingly, and presumably yeah. expectations have shifted. Yeah. In yeah. line with that, is that fair? Yeah, there was there was a minor. Like we were talking about the earlier Ipswich, the town fans panicking about relegation. There was a little scare before Millwall. They hadn't won a game and what they were playing poorly. But one of them said, "Look, we've got, we're good. We've got a good enough squad to get to mid-table. Um, it's just a question of um, ju- ju- just coordinating them." And they could, they looked at players, teams that said, "Look at Rotherham, look at Queens Park Rangers. There are some absolute basket cases <laughs> yeah. in the league at the moment. Whether they remain so, let's let's hope so." But uh, so th- th- I think. Mid-table and stability, get out of the financial fair play mess, and then move some of the high earners on. It's a it's a rebalancing exercise. As I say, Luhukai certainly a week ago they were very worried about him, um, and they wonder whether this. It's interesting whether he's a fits and starts manager. He'll have a good spell, 
like they were saying when he first arrived in January he had a brilliant spell he had a great spell at the end of the season proper wobbly spell around February March time so he could be one of these managers who Ali Johnson he, yeah, yeah he, 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 it'll click for a while and that's why I think this idea has come up with it'll probably serve them well for a little run whether or not it lasts them it's a long term thing I don't know but they've absolutely respected the decisions he's made given that they worked out at Millwall you know he made some really big calls and they've you know they've given him huge credit for that and then the, the, as I said at the start the kind of opinion has kind of swayed with him when he was appointed I, 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 th- I think the overwhelming thought was underwhelmingness yeah. um, and here is this guy yeah. uh, you know clearly a team that is starting to come back from overspending and maybe overreaching and now finding its feet maybe he's got a place here and, and maybe he'll be given time but presumably is he a few results away from from a sacking or is is there, are they looking for more stability at Wednesday I think they are looking for more stability I think they if if he can if he can be made to make it work they'd rather have that the last thing you want is have a team hampered by financial fair play with an unbalanced squad they can see that he's using the resources he's got to the best of his ability and I think he will be cut some slack um but uh it, it there is um it, could be, it might be a good idea to move on to this um the fact that other out of work managers are um being linked with the club linked with the club Do you um, have a specific manager in mind there Harry Yeah maybe um <laughs> I was going to introduce this cuz as I say at the moment they're happy in a month's time if the previous pattern flares back up again of of sort of the limp football and indifferent results the you know the tumbles will be beating again and um i was gonna i'm gonna pose to everybody watching and everyone listening um i've got this idea of the great mick in sweepstake and the question the challenge is how many put it up on twitter feedback however you want um how many opponents will have a mick in thread before he lands another job because there were two threads in um in the sheffield wednesday forum before the millwall game um, what is it with this Mick McCarthy attraction? His teams would win few awards for style, but they're always organised, something we're plainly not at the moment. <laughs> He's used to working with a tight budget. He knows the division inside out. Yeah. And he knows how to get a team promoted from this division and says it how it is. I would say Big Mick is exactly what we need right now. So there's the first. Oh, there um, my, I think we're going to have six before he finally <laughs> lands a job. I'm interested to get everyone's thoughts on that. But uh, this is, it just occurred to me, this is the first time I've seen it and I don't think it's going to be the last time. No, well, we need to play these, some of these basket case clubs that you referred to earlier. I think particularly <laughs> the ones that are kind of based around the M25 because I think yes. he lives East London way. I think yeah. they're, they're a good shout. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. I, what would be the kind of... The, it's like the solar eclipse moment would be us doing a preview of that thread and he gets the job the next day for that club i think that would be perfect maybe what yes oh, let's tell us tell us what you think about the uh yeah. the, the mick in sweepy we'll, we'll yeah. see whether we uh whether there's any support for that i'm sure there will be yeah. um let's move on shall we to um to uh, ipswich um and the threat or not that we might pose to shipper wednesday and the possible things that Hurst yeah. has got to consider quite a few questions going back to the Twitter yeah. questions on systems. I think we are, before I kind of um, go too far on those questions from uh, Paul or thoughts from Paul Warner and Andy G um, I th- and someone's talked about plan B's. I think we are united in our view that Paul Hurst won't change his system, will no. we? No, um, no, and the debates about two up front, I think, are redundant as well. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we we're sticking with that system. I think the key is 
is, is as we kind of talked about for Sheffield Wednesday, is getting the players further up the pitch to yeah. support the one up front. Um, any thoughts on, on what he might do to achieve that? Would you see um, Eden coming back in for Ward, perhaps? Or what's your thoughts there, Harry? The, the, I, I know that we've been linked with a number of loan signings and we definitely need strengthening centre-back and we need a left-winger. No question about that. Um, the one player I think Hurst may be missing, and I'm going to lob this out to everyone's thinking, Abu Ogogo was brilliant for him at Shrewsbury. He was a bustling, industrious midfielder. And watching the Derby game, I didn't feel we had bustling industry about us. Um, Nolan isn't a... He, you know, he's he's not the kind of um, striker who bounce off. It's not like Bogle. You know, he won't bounce off players. He's he's somebody. He's geometric and clever with his passing and incisive. But I just feel we lack a bit of presence in there. I wondered whether, I don't know. Um, do you put Ward in the middle and Eden on the left as he go back on the left wing again, or would you put Eden in the middle because he was breaking forward at Exeter yeah. and yeah, so the, you know it could be Ward has redeemed himself. He didn't wasn't a huge threat at Derby, but he was he was certainly more alert. He was more engaged. He was very much in the game. And him him and Nudson were you know they were combining quite well on that side. They were at least they were getting up the field and most of our late threats were if you you know were 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 on that side. Um, so. But I, it's a question of, it's this use Chalaba debate, which is really raising its head with everyone. Yeah, and, and, and might be kind of a moot point because I think um, Scuse is a doubt for Saturday. Yeah. And I guess my thought is whether, you know, Scuse has obviously been a really valuable member of the squad and it is experience that we need. And I yeah. think it's probably a better fit of that deeper lying role. But if, if Chalaba is mm. going to be having that role... Um, is is Scoose being out maybe for a, a week a possibility to try something a bit braver there? Yeah. Um, and if so, who do we think Eden might be a good shout for that kind of the role in there with Chalibur? Or I'm trying to I'm picking my brain. Well, this is the thing. I was I was I was as I said I was looking at the the Derby program and looking through our squad, and I mean, well, well Derby's totally bloated. And you're looking and thinking, looking at through the options you've got, um, you know, in terms of who you could put into midfield, um. And it's it is thin. I I wonder. I know no one's talked about another midfielder. I mean, you know, we want Emmer Hughes to come back yeah. and not be injured, and that's that's the problem solved in many ways. But that's that's a, that is a gamble. For now, I'd probably put Eden and Ward. Which way? I've no idea. One on left and one in the midfield. And mm. it's. I'm glad I'm not making the decision. No, well, the injury situations are interesting. Yeah, and I wonder whether the uh, the um, eight nil win for the under twenty threes against Hull. I, yeah. I guess you, could, you can't read a huge amount into that, but apparently Rowe played well. Hattrick, I think. Yeah. Um, Hughes played a bit in that game as well. Probably yeah. a long way away, but I think Rowe might have a shot of being in was, involved. He, he was good at Exeter. He came on. He didn't. No, he didn't do a lot, but we were. It was it was late in the game, but he was lively. He was a presence, and he stretched. He did stretch Exeter, so that would be. I didn't want, I didn't dare mention him, but yeah, if Rowe was, depending on how Hurst felt he was, he would if he, if he's strong enough. If not to come in, could you do two halves? Mick used to do that a lot, where you'd if he if he was struggling to fill a position, he'd put one person in to get a bright forty-five minutes out of them, and then flip it over at halftime or after fifty-five minutes and do it that way. So maybe have somebody to do a holding job. And then 
drop in and drop row in then for the you know for you know for, you know for the bulk of the second half if he didn't yep. feel he was up to it that would be a that would be a kind of a, a good patch up kind of job um on the left side they'll be up against palmer who has been lethargic but he came alive and was very up and down because remember they had that they have that bright right winger on that side preston so um, the, and uh, the other interesting battle will be Guion Edwards against Penny, the young left back. If the he does one, start, yeah. that that because that he won't obviously be it won't be for So that'll be a fascinating battle as well. Yeah, well, uh, and if Edwards is up for it, that might be a real good opportunity for us to attack down that left hand side. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so a couple of questions that I'll kind of weave in here as well um, about tomorrow, but more with next Sunday in mind. Um, Jonathan Cook asks can we get it together in time for a certain game next sunday um i think there's a similar question um where are we i mean it's clearly a win on the board sooner rather than later is is important just to give everyone a bit of confidence that the hearse plan is coming together and, and this approach mm. is going to click yeah but do you see us going into norwich winless um and do you think that's a problem it's a possibility we could go in winless. I mean, this game is certainly Hillsborough could break. They won't. They're not the threat that Derby were. They're not the challenge Derby were, and that game could break in any one of three ways. We could we could win it, um, and we could just as easily draw it. I wouldn't. You know, you can't rule that out. Um, if if we set up right and we go after them, um, I don't think it's a problem myself. Um, for the fans, I think it would be more of a concern. Um, the ta- league table is so nascent. I don't think the players would be so worried about it. Um, Hurst doesn't feel to worry about it, does he? No, I, I don't think so. It's if if then if Norwich were suddenly to take the game to us and we were we had we were winless and then suddenly two down, then we might have a problem. But that's yeah. that's being brutally pessimistic, to be quite honest, because there's a, we've we keep going back to it. We've seen enough brightness in this team. Um, to know that we can certainly live with Norwich, but um, as I say, we'll, I haven't had a proper forensic look at them, but we'll we'll certainly come back to that next week. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was Barry. Apologies, Barry, who was who was asking kind of a, a similar thing about a win going into the derby being a, a benefit. I think it is, but yeah, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if we don't win on Saturday. I, I think it will be a draw on Saturday, possibly. Yeah. I think. Um, mm. Any thoughts on a prediction there, Harry? Can I? Yeah, I'd, I said one one all last week. I, it, it does have a feel of another another good draw. I think we've enough about us to to um, to, to 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 compete with them. Um, and a good a, another good one all draw is eminently achievable. Yes, I I will back you up on that one. And yeah. I've already said I'm I've I don't know if I've tweeted it, so I can't bring it out and quote it that the Norwich game would be our first win of the season. I had a feeling about it. The script mm, is written yeah. for you, Mr. Hurst. Mm. Um, I think that's it for Sheffield Wednesday, Harry. I do have one more question, but have we missed anything important out from your forensic Don't, research? Minor, they did tiny little thing. They did. They are vulnerable on the counter. Minor, tiny little thing. Um, ben picked up on this in the post-match report from Brentford in his um, in his video um, report, and Millwall nearly equalised against them on Wednesday with that tiny little mm-hmm. like, forensic forensic detail, but not 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 vital. But just keep a small eye out for that one as well. That was something little pattern that picked up that that that, that they did pick up on because they were so particularly against Millwall, they were so on the front foot. But um. And, yeah. we, and we had a, um, a few opportunities to break through against Derby, didn't we? You know, and we did. As you yeah. talked about with those those um, tactical fouls yeah. and yellow cards. So, yeah. 
more possibly yeah. something in there. That's that's great. Thank you, Harry, as yeah. always for that. I was going to skip through this question, and um, you've asked me to to sort read it out. Um, so Mikey Smith, who we all know and love from the Blue Monday team, who is Sweet Caroline? Harry, there is more to this question than meets the eye. Is there not? <laughs> I did look just to see. Um, I found reference to some Reading goal music um, and one guy saying, um, I'm not drunk enough for this. Um, this in reference to a, oh God, um, you ready for this? They, they did have, and I'm not going to sing it, and Ben, who is very musical, as we all know, is going to re- <laughs> be wincing. Love an they did ha- <laughs> uh, I'm not going acapella, but the song went, Glenn Lou Uvans. He has never been so good. So that's uh, we we do research all our questions, uh, all questions asked, and that's what I've come back with. Yes. So um, yeah, there's proof if anyone ever needed it of the quality of the questions that it takes to be featured on the uh, the preview show. <laughs> Harry, thank you for that. I'll do some thank plugs, you. and then we'll come back and finish off. Um, so the Blue Monday, you can follow us at Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC. Um, you can follow me at Ips Rich. Um, Harry, quickly, let's do your plugs, um, um, your Twitter and your blogs. Uh, at Harry from Bath, um, the Sheffield uh, Wednesday piece will go up tomorrow, or sorry, Friday morning. Friday. It normally goes up on TWTD. We're doing this Thursday night. And um, yeah, um, and uh, at Harry from Bath, if you go into my list of tweets, you'll see all of the different reports that I pop up. They, they're all listed um, in sort of reverse chronological order. Fantastic. Yeah. Um you can follow Ben, the birthday boy Ben, as we are recording it. It's Ben's birthday. Happy birthday to you, Ben. Birthday, along ben. with um, Fabian Vilness and Simon Milton as well. So happy birthday to all of you. Um, Dave, you can follow at David Diamond 3. Mikey and his brilliant questions at Mikey underscore Smith 13. At Joe Fairs and Statman at Chompex 3. The flagship show is back on Sunday with Ben and Dave again and possibly another, possibly me. So apologies in advance if that is the case. Um, and we shall see what will happen on Saturday leading into a week of hopefully high build-up, big pressure, and hopefully, finally, a victory against Norwich. We can dream. We can dream, hopefully. We we can dream. <laughs> Harry, a pleasure. Thank you again for all of your hard work. And Thank we you, will Rich. Meet Thank up you. hopefully next week and uh, yeah. pick the bones out of the derby. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks Thank everyone. you, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.